Hello and welcome to another episode of The Viewpoint. This week I'll be joined by a Manchester United and a Manchester City supporter to review the Premier League action from the past week. We will also be previewing the Champions League matches, so without wasting our times, let's get right into it. Yes and Mukul, welcome to the podcast again. Yeah, nice having Hi, yes. everyone back. It's great. It's great that you're here for the Premier League review as well. So uh, this week was not the usual roller coaster week that we've been witnessing from the past like four or five weeks. This was the basically what you commented to us. This was the week where Premier League sobered up. Yeah. So yeah, we had a pretty few normal matches and one or two surprises as well where Everton lost. So we'll discuss about that. So let's uh, start talking about the first game of the week. That was Aston Villa versus Leeds. Yeah. So uh, what do you guys think of it? What did you make of it? I thought I think uh, the clean sheet for Leeds is a big plus. Yes. Because we all know their intense. The team is playing with high Correct. intensity. Yeah. Bam- Bamford, How much risk could they take? Yeah, Bamford is on form and he uh, provided you with an FPL hat trick. Congratulations, <laughs> yes. Hat trick Bamford. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think um, I expected Leeds to win anyway because I know how just before the game I was watching a BLSA documentary or something like that. Okay. And I was pumped for the game as much as I'm pumped for a United game. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, yeah. that, that, that's what the nature of the guy is. So even if you read or you check a tactical video or something, you just see his whatever he does on the touchline. You'd anyways get interested to know about know more about the guy. Yeah, I saw like two or three videos. I started with T4 football and I ended up with some oh, rand- oh, random. I think that that's like one of my favorite pages uh, on YouTube right now. T4 football, the information that they provide and the content that they have is so, you know, yeah. crisp and uh, exactly. so knowledgeable. It's it's yeah. so nice to you know see that kind of channel. Like this was well. the perfect perfect description of that channel. So I just watched Absolutely. the documentary. I was really pumped for the game and I just sat. And watch mm-hmm. the game. Mm-hmm. And I think this... we should. I think we should aspire to be some uh, something like T4 football like, <laughs> in, in the future. Because, maybe. Uh, because their content <laughs> is like gold, man. Like you cannot like. There's nothing on that level on the internet which I found. Yeah, we need someone with a really deep voice too. <laughs> that, 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 we we miss that a lot. <laughs> so uh, coming back to Aston Villa versus Leeds. So I think uh, Jack Grealish. Uh, it was uh, more of. More were expected from him, and he was not at it in in the first half. He had a few chances where he could have, you know, uh, uh, bought Villa the lead, and uh, he couldn't do it basically. And uh, I think Eiling performed well at centre back. He definitely yeah, really, the really well captain, and he did really well. Like he, uh, I think uh, the goal line clearance was done by him only, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. And obviously, lead with their quick transition, and obviously they they showed a different side which I didn't see in the first four or five matches where they counter attack brilliantly as well. the The number of people that they were committing forward was a treat to watch. Like they were not uh, worried about losing their shape or something. Every attack that they got or a counter that they got, they were committing six or seven people, which was refreshing to see. Yeah, exactly. The thing is that we know about Leeds that they play with high intensity, and but this match looked like they were properly drilled. They looked like they were prepared. This actually looked like the Leeds that we all expect. This match, 
but con- contradictorily we i thought grealish would provide fpl points i didn't don't have him personally but i've seen pages that recommend grealish week in week out and he even had a chance he i mean he cut everyone basically yeah. but he couldn't he couldn't score actually he's a he's a safe bet in that range because he, uh, even if you saw the leeds game okay it didn't go his way but if he, it would have gone his way he would have like easily given yeah. points and that's a goal the, and an assist easily. absolutely that's how the guy plays because he's very creative so we cannot let that go plus uh, but ailing yeah. ailing uh, diffuse that threat because every time aston villa were looking to get forward ailing with his pacey uh, pacey characteristic Correct. and also Correct. with a good defensive sense he switched their counter attacks very very quickly so i don't think aston villa had a lot of i don't think it's the wrong word i saw actually aston villa didn't have a lot of lot of chances but when they did have they didn't score yeah, they... and leeds just made the most of what they had and they could have scored more the... actually plus uh, in the second half leeds intensity and how they train in their murder ball sessions like they, it was clearly evident because after 70 75 minutes uh, aston villa actually couldn't keep up with the pace that w- with which leeds were playing and bamford what was on his a game as we all saw so it was yeah. like a perfect uh, striker's performance where the first uh, in the first goal he, show- he showed his poacher's instinct and uh, the second one was a brilliant strike which i was not expecting at that moment to you know turn and out from outside the box to give a shoot so yeah he did pretty well for his confidence as well considering he's like uh, he's been in the premier league since the past 7 8 years he's been just trying and he's switched I think seven to eight clubs, and finally now he's come good. So it's good to yeah. see. And also, Leeds had like twenty-seven shots. So Absolutely. I think the scoreline is a fair reflection of the game. Correct, correct, correct. This could be our team of the week for for and, the uh, Premier League this week. Absolutely, but I thought they'll they'll miss their uh, commander uh, in midfield, uh, Calvin Phillips. But uh, it was not evident because the player which replaced him. I think even he got subbed off, but nothing moved Bielsa and his tactics and the way the team went about their business. It was very good to see how they played, and it will be even more interesting if they can keep it up. Uh, what about Aston Villa? So their early form and everything. What about them now, Suresh? Uh, I think they're still promising. They still have a good run of run of fixtures in the in the next game weeks. Talking about fantasy too. So Aston Villa is still promising. It's just a one-off game, I think, because leads are too good. I think the way they were playing, any team would have had troubles against them. Correct. Would would have had troubles drawing the game against them, let alone winning the game. Correct. Because and Leeds uh, were in the second half, as you said, Leeds were on on point, on form. They were high high intensity. They were scoring goals. Mm-hmm. It was just a team to watch. They they basically didn't look like they were you know <laughs> the other team. They were panting for bread, but they, they Leeds were like this is like bread and butter for us. This is yeah. Like, yeah. This, this is, is what we do week in week out. <laughs> So, do you think the downfall of Aston Villa starts from here? The road, the merry period is over now, and now they're like they're gonna have some. some... Uh, I mean, because of the because of the scoreline, I think it would be a negative in their confidence. But I also feel this is just Leeds. Aston Villa shouldn't Correct. take a lot from this game because they they were going to be beaten anyway, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Of course, they would feel like they would they they have a chance to beat Leeds because they are playing them at home. and for the manager i would just i would just assume i think dean, dean smith is the manager i would just assume him to continue playing good and they'll have a good run of fixtures maybe a couple of draws in the next few games correct but, but not a downfall i won't predict that yet no 
moving on to west ham versus manchester city so i'm sure mukul you have a lot to talk about this game yes, yes so i have a few questions so the first yeah, one man. is did you think uh, the suchek uh, thing was a handball uh, i think it was a handball uh, although it was not deliberate correct but i but uh, the only thing that i'll uh, call that for a handball is that uh, because it turned out to be a goal absolutely in any other instance it shouldn't be like uh, awarded but because it was like di- directly leading to a goal uh, there was his handball he passed the ball the cross came in and they scored correct the goal was absolutely wonderful i'm not taking anything away from it but uh, yeah it wouldn't have been if it had uh, not been his hand so it, i think the exactly. move would have fallen off did you see did you get a chance to see the incident yes yes uh no i didn't see the incident yeah, or so the first it, goal in in the build up to the uh, to antonio's goal suchek uh, he kept the ball in and even i feel even i felt that if he wouldn't have uh, used his hand he wouldn't be able to you know stop the ball and make sure the ball is in play and then the other guy who crossed it was basically because of him but anyways we are we are didn't favor uh, city yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't see the Foden goal as well. I saw the second half, but I couldn't see the second goal. Correct. So, uh, a word about West Ham, Mukul, how they played because I think they were they were very good in their setup, a five-four-one compact Absolutely. setup. Because a lot of teams, you know, City go against City, they have a low block. But West Ham five-four-one, they they were moving from left to right whenever needed, and you know they they were quite well organized. I must say, really, really well. And uh, that's the. the moves has always uh, troubled city in the past be it with a uh, uh, west ham or any other team that he's managed so i mean he's kind of fa- found out city in a way to defend against them and uh, he's always correct but the whole problem for city yeah so the whole problem i for i like which i thought was prevalent for city was there was no uh, you know there was nobody to attack the center backs and uh, there was no penetration so because uh, there i think yeah so there, there was nothing from the center and uh, the kind of play you need if you want to you know go through the wings for that the pace of the game was very slow from city's perspective True, in the yeah. first half it was very static and also yeah, but, also and west ham uh, west ham have a yeah go on yeah so i was saying that city's approach against these teams is very uh, like monotonous i mean they don't uh, try to do much they always rely on the other team to uh, make some errors or like they always try to uh, capitalize on their error instead of making them uh, yeah, like uh, defend yeah. on the ball yeah the thing is west ham is really prepared for these games by now because they started off with uh, playing everton in the carabao cup then they had leicester mm-hmm. away they have they had tottenham away and then they Correct. faced city at home So okay. by now they are they are already very prepared on on plus, how to set up a low block. Plus of uh, the result that they were coming off the three three draw must have absolutely felt like a win for them, and yeah. that showed in their game. Yeah, so they've been performing well. They've been setting up their team as well. And Moyes, I like to joke that Moyes was when Moyes was not on the uh, on the pitch side. West Ham were <laughs> gaining points, but even now they're doing pretty well. Yeah, so two with two draws out of two matches, so that's not a bad record for Moes. Yeah, and they face face Liverpool next at home, which which is not exactly a very dreadful fixture fixture for now because Liverpool also, as we know, are struggling. Correct. 
Correct. But uh, I think Pep uh, did the right thing by bringing off uh, Aguero and putting Ford in, who consciously tried to play in the small pockets and making those runs, which was not seen in the first half. True, true. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I mean, uh, Foden is a player who, like, uh, he goes very unnoticed by teams because I kind of think that uh, they underestimate him or they are not able to figure out uh, what his actual position is uh, on the pitch. Correct. Because uh, he can even play uh, uh, as a winger, as a false nine, or even as a, a playmaker with a deeper role. So, and because he's a, like, uh, he's not much of a physical fellow, I think that teams probably underestimate him and so they uh, don't, I mean, uh, concentrate and he can then find those spaces and uh, the thing is, it's game. not that anyone un- underestimates Foden. We know he's a talented boy. The only thing is, uh, people are so prepared with City's creativity and intensity that people don't recognize that Foden has a creative ability of his own. Yeah. So, Foden sometimes go- goes unnoticed, but that's not because of his individual ability. That's just because how Pep plays. Everybody already knows that they're going to create a lot. But uh, but that I think that plays into Foden's hand because after you see David Silva had left and now he's doing good at uh, Real Sociedad. Yeah. Uh, a, a lot of people thought that Foden was the actual uh, replacement for uh, David Silva. But I think he's a very different kind of player. Okay, he can fill in the boots yes, of yes. Silva. Yeah. But his role and how he plays football is quite different to what Silva did. Yeah. Yeah. And looking at the match also, I think they brought on creativity in the second half in the, in the sense of Foden. Because Sterling and Mares were not able to beat the low block of West Ham. West Ham, yes. correct. Yes. So, uh, Mukul, do, do you do you think that City could have done something better or something else to win See, the I mean, match had, after the yes, one-off? Yes, yes. So, saying that uh, we had the chances to win the game, Sterling had two good chances, but he took a very heavy touch, and uh, West, West Ham like uh, uh, read that out and cleared the ball, and uh, even Mares had some good. Stirring up and uh, that could have resulted in a goal, but uh, what I Correct. think, yeah, uh, what so, I think where uh, City struggle is that when we face a team that plays such a deep defense and such a low block, and when we do get chances that uh, we can score from, the players tend to get excited, and that's where I mean, you know, you have to show that you are not just an average player, you are a good player, and uh, you need to keep that composure and. Score at least from those positions where you know that you are either losing the match or you are uh, level. And then... Correct. So, Suyash, you were uh, trying to point out the fact uh, with Sterling, right? Which uh, was seen <laughs> in the game against yeah. West Ham that he only converts maybe 30% of the chances that he gets. Yeah. So, just to give context, I made a comment last week that Sterling just scores 2 out of 11 chances that he gets per game, which I feel Correct. is. Which I feel is justified because Sterling does get a lot of chances per game. And if he gets 11, he'll convert 2 and people will just see that he scored 2 goals. So, I would like to say that if Sterling would have been in some other team, he wouldn't be able to uh, create chances on his own. If, If he hadn't had the service that he's had over the past couple of years, we wouldn't be talking about Sterling in the bracket of uh, like world, ca- world class or even good players in the Premier League. And I think it's a really smart. It was a really smart decision from Sterling to move from Liverpool when he did move, and it worked out in his favor because Pep started managing it, City. It clearly did because he's 
completely change as a player yeah so, more confident also and also he gets chances to score he doesn't whenever he goes on a bad run of form mm-hmm. he knows that his his team will provide with chances and sterling will put those chances off right correct so moving on to the next big game which was uh, then the last week united versus chelsea uh, before you start suresh uh, i think it was a match which uh, lacked initiative to put it in a way and it yeah. also lacked a bit of imagination and you know it, it was it basically became after a point boring because no no team was willing to risk it so because i i understand that both teams were coming uh, you know from a certain point of view where they could have you know they wanted a specific result as well and it it was a mixture of that plus the pressure and they not wanting to you know get, go off uh, go off from that game with a bad result i think it was all yeah mixed up yeah i think there are a lot of talking points there's also the evra interview that everyone's talking about <laughs> correct uh, that they the both the teams played with a safety jacket which is very true uh, but i correct. think it is a negative result for united and it's it's kind of a positive result for chelsea but it can be considered as a positive result for both because even united they have a tough run of fixtures now and for ole it was just about not getting a negative fixture more than getting a win correct because they beat newcastle and they beat psg which is which is a good thing people expected they would go all guns blazing against chelsea too but ole put out a lineup which was controversial because everyone was asking why not more creative players why not mason greenwood Mm-hmm. Why not uh, Van de Beek or Pogba starting? But the thing Correct. is, uh, I got what Ole was thinking. He was thinking about the future uh, Leipzig game as well, and mm-hmm. against Arsenal. So what he did is he just put out his best formation that he could put out on the on the given game day. And Correct. It's true that they played with a safety jacket. Even Chelsea did that, and people would argue that the Maguire. uh maguire incident was a penalty and that was a penalty it's just that nobody was nobody looked at it nobody complained so the vr did not take a look but if it if they would have i i think it would have been a penalty but that doesn't it, yeah, yeah that doesn't change the game altogether because even united had chances in the end to score absolutely absolutely and maybe if that decision would have been given the game could have changed but yeah yeah it, that could have it could have changed in the way that it, it could have changed yeah. in the way that it could have sparked something from both teams Absolutely. but nil all is the is is a very fair reflection of what happened in the game because it was very soulless lifeless a boring game mm-hmm. everyone was watching was either a united fan or chelsea because the neutrals turned off the game after <laughs> half time i think <laughs> yeah. like, but uh, considering the score that both teams have mm-hmm. mukul like uh, when you see lampard mm-hmm. score and the attacking uh, players that he has uh, in his uh, repertoire so don't you think he was way too offensive uh, defensive yes, i i think he was defensive because uh, he needs to get uh, he needs to avoid defeat anyhow from now onwards because uh, they haven't been uh, very lucky with the results and now with the way they've played also so i think he was correct yeah. with uh, like uh, if anything he needs to get away with one point and uh, anything This, is is this also the uh, pressure of the sack looming around in his head somewhere? <laughs> so yes, <laughs> not quite, not yet. But the yeah. thing is, I think I completely understand what Chelsea did, and I'm very. If I was a Chelsea fan, I would have been totally happy with a nil all, because personally, I would, uh, I would, 
take a nil all any day of the week against united and also yeah, against because Se- if Sevilla. i have to put a team which was better than the other team i would say united because you guys had the better chances yeah because i think the rashford one could have been a easy goal had he uh, used a different technique or maybe a different choice of shot but like yeah it's okay these kind of things happen and it was not like we had two that many chances that we can say that we needed to win the game or we absolutely should have won the game it was kind of deadbeat from both sides and on chelsea's perspective i exactly get what they're trying to do um uh, because against southampton if you can see they conceded three goals they've been con- leaking goals at the back so yeah, I, i think, think this was re- more of a priority from lampard side to you know shore up the defense yeah, yeah. and not concede against exactly there's been a real conversation i think in the dressing room that we we shouldn't concede goals anymore and they're focusing on the next two or three games just to do that not to concede goals and then then if they can score they will score and that's affected werner and pulisic and havertz but i think that i think it will with if they keep start keeping clean sheets it will only build confidence and then werner yeah i think yeah they'll have to build up build upon this result so exactly. okay moving on to southampton versus everton so everton's uh, golden period or whatever you want to want to call it also mm-hmm. came to an end with a 2-0 defeat and southampton were brilliant so award on that southampton yeah southampton played really well and it was a fair reflection too i think a lot of the results this week was a fair reflection of the game including aston villa leeds united chelsea and also this game southampton to everton nil everton also have been unlucky because of the uh, because of the injuries or the red cards or suspensions correct not in terms of the decisions those were right decisions but it's just that they have some important players missing and that sometimes affects the dynamic no excuse and nothing to take away from southampton though they played well in scored and in assisted Yeah, so I think, I think Southampton also grew in confidence after the three-three draw, which they pulled off against Chelsea, and they clearly showed and they the intent that they showed. Plus, I think Everton were also missing Dominic Cameron Lewin's partner, the Charleston, who used to you know make space and you know pull defenders or something. So he he yeah. brought a different dynamic and and a change to the game, which uh, kind of helped Dominic uh, Calvert Lewin and which. clearly showed that without him he had to you know change up his game and you know uh, do a lot of things differently so yeah he, his presence his absence was also felt yeah and everton really never got going during the game because southampton scored early in the game and then they controlled the game really well they had match management going really well okay. and ings if you give a chance to ings he's going to create or score so that's what i, I was about to say that uh, mukul did you see the no, game I so didn't. ings so basically ings unselfishness uh, also makes him like one of the top strikers in the premier league because uh, okay we are seeing harry kane he's already assisted eight goals as of now but ings also whenever he plays and whenever he gets a chance to set up a teammate or someone else he is always productive that way like he is yeah uh, yeah so a natural striker would have you know sometimes they would try to go with a shot or something but he is always unselfish that way so that also works in southampton's favors Yeah, Southampton also have a really good manager, and Hassan Hutel. I think he has these periods in the season where he's really brilliant. But Correct. since it's a since it's not a top tier team because it's Southampton, they sometimes go, you know, they go through phases which is not really them. But yeah, Hassan so, Hutel is yeah, really even, really even talented. Even they get unnoticed, but on their day, like they can beat. The yeah, exactly, well, yeah, exactly, exactly. My point. Correct, Nicely correct. framed, yeah. 
So moving on to Arsenal versus Leicester. So I had missed this game. So you guys have to run me through what happened in the game. Uh, eventually, Vardy got the goal. So I know that Vardy just he he did what he does, right? He came into the team after Leicester was suffering like uh, coming off two defeats, if I'm not wrong, and just the guy Leicester were missing, correct? Yeah, Arsenal and Leicester was basically United Chelsea, but the changes made the made difference for Leicester. Yeah. <laughs> The changes made the difference because Under put really a really good cross and Vardy just scored with his head. And Arsenal was at times really, you know, I get what Ayush was saying last week now, because they were really scared. It felt like they were scared to come out, Correct. and they weren't and this, creating much. This, this I have been trying to say. I think from the week second because okay, he's brought in the defensive stability. What next? Now, what do you want to do? It comes yeah. out of that. And Absolutely. He needs to risk a, li- a little more. He has a little bit of time to risk things. So, basically, yes. I think United, Arsenal, Chelsea, they're, they're all in the same ship, if you have to put it in a way. Yeah. yeah similar because... managers, similar talented managers, young managers. But, yeah, they're all facing, they're all facing the heat right now. And yeah, they exactly. all want to shore up defences as of now. Correct. And they, they are successful in doing that in some ways. But now they have to also make sure that uh, the attacking part also works well for them. So let's see. Yeah. And Arsenal's out. context is a little different because their defense has already been sorted since week one or since Arteta started. United and Chelsea are now focusing on defense because they've been leaking goals. Arsenal are already defensively solid. They just Correct. need to risk a little bit more. But I, I, Mukul, uh, I th- I'm sure every one of us here has seen Arsenal over the years. Do you like this Arsenal? So I have to put it honestly, I don't like this Arsenal. I don't know why. Okay, I thought I might be doing a brilliant job. I, I'm just not used to seeing Arsenal because uh, I don't know. Yeah, man. The, I mean, <laughs> yeah, not I that creativity, no flair. In an analogy, uh, we can say like uh, the United which were under Vinal. So that's Correct. the feeling that yeah. we are getting from Arteta's Arsenal. But I think the only yeah. thing uh, he's doing that... is that he wants to, uh, like you know, uh, take care of the tighten the defense. Yeah, and he knows that the season is long, and uh, once the team is ready to face like any threat. That's actually a really good an- analogy, to be honest, because that, now I'm reminded of. Yeah, now I'm reminded of 2015 and I don't feel so good. <laughs> so I might leave. Uh, <laughs> oh, we, we, I missed out on one question. Uh, the Dini red card in the Everton game. Do you think it was a red card? Uh, I think personally, yeah, it was a red card. But it wasn't worth a three-match ban, which is now rightfully corrected. But, okay, so that, uh, that's turned already. I, I knew that the Everton appealed. I didn't know that the decision got reversed. No, it's overturned. It's overturned. Oh, I know okay, that because okay. they face United in a couple of game weeks. And Dean is going to be available for that week. Okay. Uh, anyway, so uh, I think that was the red card. Because we have so much technology available, they start looking at it at, at a really slow pace. And if you look Correct. at it in slow-mo, it seems like a red card. People can debate, but uh, mostly, I think eighty percent of the uh, majority would think it would have been it would have been given a red card for any of their teams. Okay, okay. Moving on. So I think there were a lot of boring games as well. So we we'll try to skip that and get to the main <laughs> ones. So uh, Burnley versus Spurs. It was a you know well contested match, and uh, Burnley. I think they were pretty. They did a pretty good job keeping Spurs out. 
and they basically didn't let them attack that much mm-hmm. if uh, if i'm not wrong and uh, but eddie and son and kane their quality great combo yeah morino already knows they have a pretty good partnership going on so the if you if you would believe the same the same thing that happens with arteta ole or lampard but they they already know that they have a good attacking partnership going so if mourinho goes in a, in the dressing room and says that you don't need to concede today he he don't he doesn't even need to say that uh, son and kane will take care of the attacking Correct. attacking threat but, because they uh, automatically like, give them the ball and they score somehow but son and kane have already combined for uh, 29 premier league goals and uh, only drogba and lampard in premier league history have combined for more and i think they are at 36 or 37 I'm sure they're going to break that record this season. Yes, absolutely. So the, their understanding has just become telepathic. You, you know that if Son, uh, if Kane is going to drop deep, Son is going to take the run, and vice versa. They they try to feed off each other, which is uh, they basically yeah. tops the Premier League top scorer is Hong, uh, Son, and uh, the assist uh, he Harry Kane tops the yeah. chart. And uh, and surprisingly, <laughs> we. we might have our presumptions and assumptions about mourinho being a defensive coach the top scoring club as of today is spurs in the premier league you know that's what i was going to say just when you <laughs> were putting things in context that mourinho is going to come out in a press conference in about 2 weeks it's my prediction uh, and, and son and I'm yeah sure. and point this out <laughs> and point this out sorry that yeah we have I'm a good partnership sure. going kane is scoring so like because of his defensive approach <laughs> yeah and they we people forget they even added getson fernandez bergwijn in in january that was in january and now in now in the summer window they added regulion vinicius bale correct. and correct, correct, also correct. a defender a center back but uh, do, do do you also think that mourinho has you know changed his way a bit and he's cooled down and maybe become more humble over the years as opposed to the 5 7 years old mourinho that we knew um See, I I was a United. I am a United fan, so I knew I know Mourinho more than most people would. But mm-hmm. I still think he's the same in terms of how he sets up his teams and what he wants them to do. But the only difference is now he he gives players some some amount of freedom to express themselves in the final third. He doesn't do a lot of coaching up front. He he won't ask Son and Mora uh, necessarily to come back and defend. Correct, correct. Uh, that's yeah. that's the only difference I can see. Just what Pep does, right, Mukul? Yeah. Because Pep also sets him uh, sets his team up till the final third, and uh, in the final third they have the freedom. Exactly. That's what Pep also does. Yes. yes. Yeah. Defensively, Mourinho is exactly the same. He says the exact same things mm-hmm. as he okay. used to in United and all his previous teams. Okay. But offensively, he has bit he has gotten a little bo- little bit more expressive, a little bit more humble, like, trusting his players. and he also when i saw the documentary i i saw that mourinho also presses concern that he needs he wants to have a good positive attitude in the dressing room correct correct that that's what i'm saying he's changed his attitude 
over the years for the betterment of his team which is a good thing to see Correct. yeah and, uh, and okay, this and is also uh, his second second season so the honeymoon period is on <laughs> the one thing that i would like to add is that uh, he makes his teams hungry so uh, that, that's what the change i can see in tottenham is that uh, when they are going for attack they are like really uh, like trying to intimidate the opposing team and they are not like being uh, calm about it correct plus i think mentality Yes, absolutely. I was trying to point this out that Mourinho has maybe you know uh, brought in that factor in those players that you can win a trophy, and I'm the guy to do that. If you listen yeah. to me, I'll guide you to a trophy. However, it may be, it might be a one-nil win <laughs> over the course of twenty yeah. matches, but I'll win you a trophy because that's what I do. So maybe that's exactly. instilled in the players, and the players are also playing that way. True. true. Mm-hmm. You can see that yeah. in the attack, the the way they like just. explored when they are on the counter i mean uh, you can like pick up any of mourinho's past teams and you can see that similarity uh, uh, yeah whenever they won they have had this kind of attacking uh, threat on the counter that's true that's true um yeah let's see i think they are the dark that's horses what, yes. can we call them that <laughs> uh yeah i'm by the way by the looks of things by the looks of things i predict that spurs can finish in top 3 obviously they would be aiming for the league but uh, top 3 top 4 wouldn't be a bad prediction for now correct mukul yeah. would you agree i'll say top for sure on the current form i think yes they can do it okay okay so that was i think more or less of uh, premier league this week uh, so yeah i think premier league is returning to normalcy and we are you know back to seeing those one nil or nil nil matches and you know just a, a bit predictability yeah, yeah and it could it could also be an anomaly because we have midweek fixtures this uh, this week so i think by the end of this week people will start leaking goals again so you, you can't say for sure correct correct a champions league moving on to the champions league uh, matches that we have this week i think we have two great fixtures lined up for our respective clubs yes you are facing leipzig and we are facing juventus yeah so a word about that uh united against leipzig is what i'm going to be watching because it's basically on the same time as juventus barca correct but uh, yeah i think nagelsmann came out and spoke a lot about in his press conferences that he's been watching united and that he doesn't focus on the results of the teams that he faces he only sees how they concede how they score and how they give up position and all that you know statistical things correct which is actually really good for a manager to focus on and if i would have been if i would be managing a club i would be focusing on the exact same things yeah because that's what young managers would want to see that right? you don't want to play someone of their reputation exactly yeah and united even though we have a reputation of not being up to the mark in a, in the last 10 years we're still a pretty big club and you never know how we come out because we can be really dangerous as well correct and we have some good attacking potential even though our defenders are a bit shaky as as of right now mm-hmm. not against the chelsea game i'm not talking about the chelsea game because then we were good uh, but if maguire and lindelof are not on their game we know that we can concede is it goals. an away fixture or is it at old trafford it's at old trafford which makes it even worse because our record at old trafford previously hasn't been good yeah but i think leipzig are going to come out uh, because they are a team who likes to play 
you know fast uh, high pressing football so i think they're going to come out with that uh, yeah i'm pre- i'm predicting three at the back same like uh, the, like the last champions league game correct three at the back to onzebi would start maguire and it's interesting if it be if it would be lindelof for sure Mm-hmm. and it is going to be the same setup they're going to set back initially leipzig would would be cautious i feel not they wouldn't press press too much because they know that united are a counter attacking team mm-hmm. and it would be majorly it would focus on uh, eliminating the threat of rashford martial cavani or whoever starts in our attacking attacking three uh, mukul what do you think how, what are your predictions for the game for the united leipzig one yes I mean, uh, I think Leipzig, if they can, uh, I haven't watched uh, their matches so much this season. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. any matches. <laughs> But I think uh, if they can, uh, like, build up on the form of their previous season, I think they can give a tough uh, game to United. And I think I'll go for a draw. Oh, you're going for a draw. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm going from a def- for a defeat, United defeat. Yeah. I think uh, one defeat, one nil or yeah, one nil Leipzig or two one Leipzig or something like that. Oh, okay. Because I think Nagelsmann know exact knows exactly how to eliminate the threat of our attacking three, mm-hmm. and if you do that, there's not much United can do, because even our changes are sometimes uh, sometimes the changes happen at around seventy five or eighty minutes, and that's not enough time for them to make a difference in the game. But that's a and, that's a very bold statement. So let's see how things. Like. Yeah, I think it'll be like we won't be able to blame Ole exactly, uh-huh. but I think it'll be a well thought out, uh, thought out uh, strategy for Leipzig, and they'll they'll get the win out of it. Okay, and any predictions for Barca versus Juventus? I'm sure you know my predictions <laughs> that we are gonna win. I'm just hoping that you know the the whole. Uh, Uh, what you can say discussion that's been going around Messi and his uh, uh, goal scoring form uh, this season. I think that goes away tomorrow. Hopefully, I think he's going to score from open play. I don't know why. I just have a feeling. So, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Uh, I think the fixture is not looking as promising as it would actually in in some of the previous seasons. Yeah, it sounds a very not, not... tasty fixture, but. Both teams yeah, are not but, really at it. But if you apply context, there's no Ronaldo, and you know there's an unhappy Messi out of form. Correct. You can say Messi. Correct. I, but but even then, it would be a good watch because I don't think both teams are flying at the moment. Yeah, because Pirlo so, is a relatively new manager, and same can be said for Koeman. He's trying to you know get the grips on the whole team and what he should play. Because I I don't think both. Teams know their best eleven as of now. That's right. So exactly, uh, yeah. both of them are struggling, and I think fixtures like these are what opinions are based off for the rest of the season. And in the future, I think everyone will reference to this game and talk about how Juventus are set up for the season or Barca are set up for the season. Correct, Mukul. Yes, uh, I think uh, it's a test for both of these teams to like uh, face a team which is. up to their level i mean b- both are not doing great at the moment even uh, uae in the serie they are not uh, up to the mark from what correct last season uh, they they had the third draw i think third or the second draw i'm not sure so uh, and they also they have uh, they don't have ronaldo he's yeah uh, which is a big miss for them yes absolutely i mean yeah. a big miss for any team <laughs> It's a big miss for the fans as well. Yeah. We would have loved but, seeing Messi on our team. But I, I'm pretty sure he'll be back for the reverse fixture at Camp Nou, and he'd be wanting yes. to you know, prove his team. I hope so. Yeah. 
because in 2020 you cannot expect anything it might happen that ronaldo is back and messi is not available so. <laughs> possible yeah. possible with yeah. with covid you can't be sure about anything exactly, <laughs> exactly. so uh, yeah it will be a great match for both the teams and uh, i mean they know that uh, being in the group they are the ones that uh, are favorites to win the group so uh, like it will be a statement for whoever comes out Correct. So, uh, it's an yeah, exactly. it's an away fixture. So, I am hoping we either worst case we come out uh, with a draw or we obviously win the fixture. But I think we might nick it or a draw. I don't think we're gonna lose the fixture. I don't think that's gonna happen. So, what's a one prediction that you would like to do about this match? I... Anything? It could be a player prediction, like what this player is scoring for sure, or it could be a I fixture. I think Messi is going prediction. to score tomorrow from open play. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't predict to predict any anything because I don't. I will desperate to see that. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I, the the whole twist to this whole backing which I am doing for my claim is that. I think he'll be happy that Bertram has finally resigned, <laughs> and he'll show that on the pitch. That's what I'm hoping. Uh, and flash a T-shirt saying "fuck Bertram." Yeah, so I, I don't know. It's a very, imagine it's a very strange theory, but I don't. I hope this happens. Bro, imagine if it was Balotelli, he would have surely put a T-shirt out saying "fuck Bertram" or something. Why always Bertram? Yeah, I'm pretty sure <laughs> something <done> controversial. <laughs> Messi wouldn't do that, but I hope. Yeah, but I, I, I just hope he scores, man. Because it will be party. I would want to know your opinions about party, Mukul and CS, both of you, and then we we can probably end it. I mean, he's a very under. I uh, I think he's not getting the attention he deserves. I mean, uh, look at uh, what Mbappe was doing at his age. They are both. He was seventeen too when he was scoring against big teams. So, uh, Correct. I think he deserves a lot, and he's a he's a very mature player, Ansu Fati. I think Mbappe was only relying on his uh, attributes, physical attributes, his speed, and his finishing. But uh, Fati seems to be a very mature player. I mean, with his movement and uh, the way he can spot a pass, and even learn during the game. I mean, when he does a move wrong, he he doesn't repeat that same mistake the next time. So that's the Correct. sign of true maturity. Yeah. I think so. He'll be he'll be a great player. Yeah. Really well put. Really well put. And I was I was in conversation with my friend during the El Clasico, uh-huh. and we were talking about Vinicius versus Fati. Oh. And he was a Madrid fan, so he just he just said that Fati is a much better player because I personally haven't seen Fati in action a lot. I've just heard about him as a Correct. young prodigy or something like that. Correct. But Vinicius, I saw that game. Vinicius wasn't looking too good. Mm-hmm. I think he's a bit hype because because he's from Madrid. I think and he's uh, a yeah, talent. he because has that Brazilian flair. Yeah, he has. Yeah. exactly. He has that Brazilian flair. But yeah, he needs to work a lot on his overall game because he tries to do too much Correct. sometimes, which yeah. a lot of Brazilian and, players try to do. And talking about Fati, it, I mean, you guys need to be careful because it can be, as I said, it can be. Backfire. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it could backfire, and it could also. Be be a thing that's lost in translation or lost in transition to be perfectly. So I think that's a good thing which Mukul pointed out that he's going, uh, you know, unnoticed, a bit unnoticed or underlooked. Yeah. Uh, considering the performances that he's been putting, because at that age, if you let uh, the whole media and the footballing world get to you, but I'm sure there are a lot of people around him to keep him grounded and you know to make right. sure he does what he does on the field and not get deviated. Correct. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah, that was pretty much it with Premier League and Champions League. Are we missing anything? Do, do you guys have to add anything? Uh, no, I think that's it. I just want to say Atletico are down against Salzburg right now. Also, Madrid are down against Mönchengladbach. <laughs> yeah. City are leading, so that's a good yes, thing. Yes, absolutely. Cool. But uh, I think I didn't expect this kind of performance from Arce because uh, they have really good players. So they they are. You can only consider like a very few teams from <laughs> League A uh, to be a. Uh, you know to contest and, and one of them is uh, marseille and the other one would be leon true yes so yeah, yeah can are... i get some can i get some predictions out of you guys for for group uh, can you tell me uh, top top 2 in the group b group b is it your group shakhtar inter okay uh, i think that's going to be that's that would on paper didn't look to us like a group of that but eventually this is turning out to be a group of that because Madrid has uh, drawn against Shakhtar and now they are again losing against uh... but are, are they in the separate group am i no, confused no no they are in the same group it's Shakhtar Mönchengladbach right? Inter and Madrid and also Shakhtar and Inter drew nil nil yes. yeah so yeah it, it it it's it's quite open and you know anybody can be first anybody can be second and that's the group that i think a lot of people's prediction would go wrong because Naturally, we would yeah. have said Madrid and Inter Correct. to go through. That's the that's the precise reason why I asked. <laughs> uh, but if you could predict someone dropping out, if Inter and Madrid wouldn't finish in in the top I, two, who would it be? I think. I, th- uh, I think the way it goes, I think for me it will be Madrid because. Uh, too, I, don't... I think. Ooh, that that's bold. I I like bold checks. <laughs> because I don't see any scope of improvement. I mean, uh, Inter can do a lot more better and. Uh, they have done a lot more better but uh, from what i saw in the past matches of madrid they are trying absolutely everything and they are not getting those results it's not that they are playing really bad or something but uh, they are correct. not able to get those results i don't know why the so, teams are not afraid of madrid anymore i think correct so suresh you asked about a top 2 right so you want the other two teams which are which are going to miss right I think uh, Monchen Gladbach eventually will miss out uh, from the top three, as we can say. Let, let's see. Let's assume that. Oh, I think they've scored another one. So I'll have to change my prediction. <laughs> They just scored another one against Madrid. Let's see if we are overrules it. So I think you never know with VR these days. So I think now I I see. If you ask me by heart, I would want Madrid to go out, but I think that's a bit difficult. But I hope it happens. Let's see. I don't. I don't think it's worth predicting anymore. Oh, I think he's onside, and Monchen Gladbach have got the lead. So yeah, I think Madrid should go out, man. Fuck Madrid. Or if if not Champions League, they they should at least you know go in the Europa League. So you know they they know that. Much more shameful thing. That that's what I would want after the Clasico defeat. I think that will make me happy as of now. So okay, thank you guys for joining in, and I hope to see you again next week. And let's see how our team performs. All the best. Thanks for having me as well. Yeah, thank you. Bye bye.